Welcome to the Do Good Radio Hour with Bluegrass Community Foundation. Here at Bluegrass Community Foundation, we believe doing good inspires good. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The intention behind the show is to encourage you by sharing the undeniable good happening within our community. Tune into the Do Good Radio Hour every Monday at 2 p.m. to hear about the good that is the heartbeat of our community and how you can get more involved. This week, the Do Good Radio Hour is back and ready to discuss the upcoming 2021 Good Giving Challenge. BGCF is fervently preparing for this year's challenge, and for this episode, we are hearing from two of our generous day sponsors, the Murray Foundation and the Marksbury Family Foundation. A day sponsor of the Good Giving Challenge provides a match pool of dollars that can double a donation made during a certain day of the Good Giving Challenge, and our day sponsors help make the Good Giving Challenge super fun and competitive because once the pool is exhausted, the match is over, so it creates a lot of fun for the nonprofits to compete for those match dollars. Hearing from the sponsors was such an interesting perspective and helps weave together the spirit of giving that is truly the heartbeat of the Good Giving Challenge. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'm here with Wes Murray with the Murray Foundation and BGCF has found a trustworthy partnership with the Murray Foundation over the years and we are very grateful for this collaboration and the Murray Foundation has been a generous day sponsor for the Good Giving Challenge for several years now and the 2021 Good Giving Challenge will be here before we know it so I'm excited to hear from Wes about the effect the Good Giving Challenge has had on a sponsor's perspective which I think will be very unique and cool so hello Wes and welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. Yes, so give the listeners some background on you before we get started and your involvement with the Murray Foundation. Sure, yeah, so I'm originally from Pennsylvania, uh, so I've made my way here through uh, different schools and jobs and career changes and uh, came to Lexington in 2010-11, somewhere in that range and um, have now made it home. It's official. So uh, after a decade and uh, two young boys, uh, we're not going anywhere. We, we, we really like it here. And uh, my involvement with the foundation started when I was very young. My grandfather uh, set it up uh, uh, just before I was born. So I guess the foundation is now 44 years old. Uh, it was originally founded in 1977. And um, he, he grew up with a... Uh, an assembly of God minister was his father. And, and uh, he talks about this one story uh, that uh, when he was a very young boy, he went to go work on a Saturday picking tomatoes. And uh, I think he made, I don't know, 50 cents. And so the church the next day and the offering plate is coming around and uh, his dad wouldn't let him pass the offering plate on. He said, didn't you make some money? And he said, yes, I did. He says, well, then you need to uh, put some money in the offering plate. Well, and uh, that kind of, yeah, it's kind of a cool story, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that mentality really stuck with him throughout his entire life. And, you know, so growing up um, with him and, and, with, and with my father, there was this really, uh, it was a strong importance placed on giving back to the community in which you lived and worked and earned uh, a living. Um, and that how important that was to the success of the community. And so uh, he sort of formalized that process with the foundation in 1977. And then when he passed away, 
uh, about four years ago, that's when I, I took it over and uh, and started running it day to day. Um, every aspect from the decisions that we make in terms of uh, the grants or, or, or gifts that we award or to how we manage our assets, et cetera. So it's, it's all encompassing. It's, it's, it's more than what he told me it was going to be. Uh, but, uh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful story. And honestly, that story is exactly what a foundation is built upon. I feel like. And so I wanted to ask this question. If someone were to come up to you on the street and ask you what a foundation is and how does it operate, what would you tell them? It's such a hard thing to put into words. That story kind of puts it into words, but just from your perspective. Yeah, I think it may vary depending on whose foundation it is. I mean, our perspective is, is it's a, it, it takes this idea that an individual may have formalizes it, within a structure that can live beyond the individual, right? That can be extended upon generations. I mean, and there's going to be what I would call just flavors based on how uh, one particular uh, trustee or manager may want to run things. But we've always had a focus on helping those less fortunate, right? That's always been sort of the hallmark of of what we wanted to focus on and to sort of uh, address them in certain ways, address those issues in certain ways. So um, we haven't strayed very far from that mission at all that started back, you know, 44 years ago to where we are now. So yeah, it formalizes the mission um, and, and so that it can kind of continue in perpetuity. Uh, and then also builds a system where you're able to be able uh, to, to be an organization that nonprofits can count on. Um, we always talk about how we want to be there to support people over a longer period of change, um, our, our organizations over a longer period of change. And it's difficult to do that if you're, you know, getting a $50 check here or a $25 check there or whatnot. Now, those are important. Don't get me wrong. But if you look at the pie chart of where nonprofits are, you know, getting, say, 50 or 60 or 70% of their funding, um, most of that's coming through grants, whether those be federal or state or, or foundations. So we have an important role to play. That's exactly right. So what better way to assist nonprofits in perpetuity and be someone they can count on and um, contribute to their longevity in our community than the good giving challenge, which is coming up. Registration for nonprofits actually ends August 15th. And I cannot believe the preliminary stages of this are finally here for 2021. So the Murray Foundation, as I mentioned before, has been a longtime day sponsor of the Good Giving Challenge. How long have you all been involved with the challenge? I want to say this will be our fourth or fifth year that we've we've been involved. Yes. So can you tell the listeners what being a day sponsor kind of entails and what that means? Well, we approached, I don't know if I approached Lisa or she approached us, uh, your, your executive director, on how we could play a role in this day. Where, where, um, where I grew up in Lancaster, we have a similar day, um, and we participate that in, in it as well. And what, what really kind of shocked me was just the magnitude of, of funds that get generated in one day, right? It get donated towards all these great causes. Um, and so it brings such wide uh, awareness and focus uh, to individuals and organizations that really 364 days of the year, we, we take for granted, unfortunately. Um, and they're just sort of doing their thing and helping our community in a very quiet way. And the Good Giving Challenge really helps to elevate uh, the awareness and make people aware that, no, this is here. And they're actually providing a service to our community that had they not existed, 
would maybe have to be provided by your government or, or some other sort of function. Our role is we wanted to, we really wanted to take our ability to write larger checks and, and multiply that. So, uh, you know, we, we, we provide a certain amount of money every single year as a matching grant in, in hopes that, uh, in hopes that it gets, uh, you know, matched. And I think we were all a little skeptical the first year. And then I got an email from Lisa on day one. And I think it, I think we eclipsed it like in like 30 minutes or something. So, (laughs) so it was pretty wild. And like, I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome to see the support that people have. And what was really fun is to watch how, um, not, you know, the really, uh, savvy, uh, executive directors for certain nonprofits will, will sort of, you know, figure this stuff out and, and start really cultivating their base of donors to donate early and often. And I think that's really uh, shows a lot of gumption on their part. But being part of this, you know, the advantage for us uh, is, you know, we have a partner here in the Bluegrass Community Foundation who helps us that, you know, uh, you know, worthy and, and, um, and well-run organizations. You know, like in business, not all nonprofits are run well. Uh, and uh, so, you know, having the Bluegrass Community Foundation there to help us figure out who are the ones who are really delivering on their mission for the constituents is a really big deal for us. Because, you know, while we can write big checks, we don't want to write a big check to something and not see, you know, the whatever, whatever your return metric is. I mean, it's not about financial return, but you do want to sort of see a uh, you know, return in terms of the impact that it ha- that we ha- that our money has on the community for the constituents that those organizations serve. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and the day sponsors are so much fun. Like what you said, sometimes they go really quickly, and all the nonprofits have all these different tactics and things that they have with their board right. and their constituents to to match those dollars. It's super fun, and it can be very competitive. And that's what the day sponsors are what make this so much fun. So thank you again for that. In your opinion, why should people participate in the Good Giving Challenge? Why should they donate? Why should they be a part of it? Why should they be invested in this? Well, yeah, I mean, like as I said earlier, I, one of the things that I'm always surprised about is when when we talk, I'll talk among my friends or, or in a social setting, do you know about this organization or that organization? And they're like, no, or they've heard of it, but they don't have a real understanding of the, the value that that organization brings our community every single day. And they're doing it most cases on shoestring budgets, right? I mean, there it's, this is not like, these aren't organizations where everybody's getting paid massive salaries. It's, it's quite the opposite. And so first of all, I say, get, you know, go to the website to learn about the organizations that are impacting the community in which you uh, live in. And then you're going to find a few that either directly or indirectly are impacting your life. Um, and you'll be very surprised whether it's impacting your neighborhood, is impacting something that may have happened in your, in, in your family, unfortunately, or, or what have you. Whatever those situations may be, you may find a calling to something that says, you know what, um, I need to support that uh, because, you know, I, I know someone or that happened to me or what have you. And, and there's an opportunity and I have the means to do so. So I, I think it's so important for us to be involved in our, in our community and, and make sure that we have the, um, the, the what I call the, the rainbow of, of, of all services and art and music and everything that goes into a vibrant community. Uh, and to do that, unfortunately requires, you know, not, well, it's, it's fortunately, I should say, 
Um, there's people who want to do this, but unfortunately, you know, these organizations do need to raise money on a continual basis. It's not just laying around um, and there for them to have for free. It's, you know, so we all have to do our part in the community to chip in. That's right. And what you were really just talking about, you know, when you were talking about when you're conversing with your friends and stuff is the why behind why you give, like, what's the why? I feel like that's the big question that we talk about a lot at BGCF is the why that drives our giving. And so why do you give back to your community? Why are you invested in the community? I want to change it. I mean, we're very deliberate about that. I mean, I see a problem, whether it's in business or not. And my first inclination is, is how can we solve it? Uh, and, you know, uh, in, in business, there's a financial motivation there, obviously, but in, but in the nonprofit sector or the sectors where, um, you know, uh, maybe there's not a financial return at all and, and shouldn't be, uh, you know, that doesn't mean we shouldn't dive in and try to figure out how we can improve that particular situation or eliminate the issue entirely. Uh, and and much of the tools that, um, you know, that I use with my team in business is the same tools that we try to bring when we sit down with nonprofit leaders uh, for, for causes that we have passion around. And uh, so we want to go, we want to get in there and we're just not a check. We're a we're sort of a, a consultancy in a way, you know, we come in and help them think through about how, how they can um, achieve their goals more efficiently, how they can reach more, how they can raise more. If that's a, if that's an important uh, uh, situation or needed, needed goal for them. And so, you know, like I said, for me, I, you know, we, we talk a lot about how do we uh, solve problems, you know, completely, right. You know, mm -hmm. get, get down to the, to the root. Uh, of the issue, not, not deal with the symptom level, because if we're just doing symptoms, like, you know, then the problem just keeps resurfacing and resurfacing and resurfacing. And so, and there, unfortunately there is no like one root cause. Uh, you know, I was naive enough when I started like, Oh, well, you know, we'll just keep digging and we'll find that root cause. No, there's, there's a garden of root causes. Yes. Um, and you, you have to go after all of it um, as most effectively you can. And some organizations are ready for you and some are not. And for the ones that are, that are, we, we dive in and really go after it. And for the ones that, you know, still need some, some growing up to do then we do our part to help them there too. That's great advice. Let's continue that advice on what advice do you have to those who maybe haven't experimented giving locally or what advice do you have for people who want to get started and want to be a part? My recommendation, first of all, I think to your point about the why you have to have something that you connect with, right? It has to be, it has to be meaningful to you. Uh, so uh, if, if you don't, if you can't connect with it, it's really hard to to, to foster that passion and understand. But once you connect with it, then you're going to want to learn more. And the more you learn, uh, I think, oh, this is just me personally, um, you'll be shocked by how um, little, little gifts, whether those be in monetary amounts or time, and sometimes time is even a more valuable gift, the impact that it has uh, first on the staff of that organization is usually like, huge, right? The morale boost that this is another person who cares about our cause and our passion. It's a reinforcement for them and gives them energy to continue on and, 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 and to do the hard work they do every single day. Um, and then more, and then addition to that, the, the, the monetary aspect is, is big as well because they, they need to the help financially. But, um, but then you'll also see the impact uh, in the people who they serve. And one of the things we always push are the organizations we work with is how do they measure success? And I would, I'd ask everybody, 
um, who wants to get involved, don't be shy about asking people how they measure the, uh, their success. And sometimes that's going to be a very concrete number. And sometimes it's going to be a very subjective thing and be open to both because some things are very difficult to measure, especially if you're working on a shoestring budget. Um, you don't have those tools uh, available to you. But, you know, find that thing that gives you passion. You know, go meet with the organization. Um, you know, they'll, they'll welcome you with open arms. Take, take 20 or 30 minutes and then figure out what they, you think they need that you can provide. And I promise you, you'll find a match because um, they all, all of them are doing fundraisers. Um, usually there's some, some outreach program of some kind. Um, you could donate your time to help them raise money in terms of like phone calls or emails or just meeting with people and connecting um, or get on a board. Um, uh, people need good sound advice from people who are passionate about the causes. That's very so, sorry. That's a lot. I just kind of, you know, went um, all over I loved it. There. I was soaking it all in too. I was like taking secret notes over here. Like I like those okay. words he's using for this. <laughs> so for my last question here, just to loop it back in with the good giving challenge and how we're preparing for that. What do you want to see as a sponsor? That's maybe different this year out of the good giving challenge. What's something that you would like to see as a impact of this year's 2021 good giving challenge? That's a good question. Uh, haven't really thought about it from that perspective. What I'd love to see is, you know, us to continue to get more and more new people involved. That's to me is the goal. Um, I think we've got a great, um, great awareness already. I think we've got great participation and we can go even further. And, um, you know, and, and, and it's not about how much money we raise. And it's about how much money we raise, That's right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so because, you know, those, the, the, the ultimate reason we're doing this is because we want to help organizations that are having meaningful impact on our community. And to do that, we need to raise as much money as possible because, you know, most of them uh, are underfunded at some level. Uh, so, and and if that's 10 bucks, great. If it's 15 bucks, great. If it's a hundred bucks, wonderful. If it's a thousand, thank you, right? You know, and thank you for all of those gifts, but it really doesn't matter how much you give. It's that you give in some way. Um, and if you can't give, uh, if you can't give money, understood, I've been there. Um, we can all give time um, at some point. And, uh, and so that's, that's what I would say. It's, we, we have to continue and all of us, and I'm not sure I always do a great job of this myself, but we, we have to keep, you know, telling our friends, hey, go check this out. Go spend 10 minutes. Go find an organization you like and figure out a way for you to, to donate, even if it's, you know, $5. All of it adds up. That's right. Well, I don't really think there's anything else I can say that beats what you said. <laughs> so, Wes, thank you for sharing with us today and being a shining example of what the power of investing in your community really looks like. And the Good Giving Challenge this year is going to be awesome because, partly because of the Murray Foundation and your involvement. So thank you so much and thanks for taking time out of your day to share with us. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. I'm here with Logan Marksberry with the Marksberry Foundation, a longtime day sponsor of the Good Giving Challenge. She is here to share from a sponsor's perspective the benefit of the Good Giving Challenge on our community and the impact she has seen. So, hey, Logan, welcome. Hey, Kate, and good to talk to you. Yeah, so give the listeners some background on you and your involvement with the Marksberry Foundation. Yeah, so I started with the Marksbury Family Foundation in 2012. Obviously, I'm Logan Marksbury, so my family started the foundation in 2009. 
I graduated from Center in 2011, and then I worked for a startup in Lexington for a year, and then I started working with the foundation. I became the president maybe five years ago. Um, yeah, I went to Center, and I graduated with a degree in international studies, and I actually interned with Bluegrass Community Foundation as well in the summer of 2010. Oh, I didn't know that. Was- yes, I did. It was really fun. Yeah. So describe the Marksbury Family Foundation and what your mission is. Okay. So our mission, we changed our mission this year. In the past, it was a focus on education and only in central Kentucky. And we're expanding this year. We did basically a whole revamp and we're looking for any opportunities that basically give people tools to help themselves or any organization that wants to start a project that is going to help economic development and create jobs in Lexington. And we're expanding it to all of Kentucky. And also we have family members in Charleston, South Carolina. So this is our first year we're going to be working there as well. Great, great. So I don't know if you've experienced this, but whenever I mention I work at Bluegrass Community Foundation, lots of people are unaware of exactly what a foundation is and how it functions. So can you describe how you would define a foundation and how it operates? Right. So our foundation, it's a bit different than your all's, but um, typically foundations are private entities. They give money to nonprofits. So if a nonprofit wants to raise money, they can get money through government funding, individual donations, and then foundations are organizations that give bigger donations to nonprofits. And sometimes they raise money and sometimes they're just an organization that already has a lot of money to begin with, or corporations will start a nonprofit or sorry, not a nonprofit, a foundation to, to do charitable giving. The Good Giving Challenge is why we're here talking today, which it's almost here. We just got done with the registration, and now we're in the planning process of actually getting the ball rolling with with the seven-day long challenge here coming up in November and December. Um, Last year, it was was perfect because it was December 1st to December 7th, but this year it's November 30th through December 6th, so it's a little different. Um, But it's coming up, and already in the month of August, we have almost $600,000 in match prize money, which is amazing. So... Obviously, the Marksbury Family Foundation is super involved. And so how long have you actually been involved with the Good Giving Challenge? Do you know? So we have been giving since 2018. And then even before that, every year at the end of the year, all of our board members were allowed to give donations from our fund at Bluegrass Community Foundation. And that way, if they had a cause that they wanted to support that was outside of our mission, they were able to do that. So we've been doing end of the year giving since, you know, 2013 or 2014. And then when you guys asked us to do a match, we were really excited to officially be part of that. That's great. So I'm always curious as to the reason behind people do things. Like what was the reason why you decided to be a part of the Good Giving Challenge? What was the why behind your yes? We really like the match aspect and we give grants all the time. And when we give that matching grant to you guys, it's basically doubling our money. And we think that's so great. It's the best way to leverage it. And it brings the community together. And we love Bluegrass Community Foundation, have a great relationship with you guys. So 
we got asked and we said, yes, absolutely. This is such a fun challenge to do and we would love to be a part of it. Yeah. So being on kind of the opposite side of it, what, why would you encourage nonprofits to participate in the Good Giving Challenge? I think it's a great way, first of all, for small nonprofits, for people to get to know them and be aware of them. And I think it's a great way for the community to come together and raise money for other people in the community. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So I don't know, you probably have several of these as your participation throughout the years and all of the wonderful work that you do, but can you describe a particularly rewarding experience you've had working with local nonprofits? So actually, before I was even part of the foundation, I knew I wanted to work for our family's foundation when I got older. So I wanted to work with a lot of nonprofits. I did a lot of internships in college and I was thinking about it. And I think my favorite um, experience, I volunteered for the whole summer at The Nest. If I'm sure you're familiar with that downtown, they provide services for mothers and small children. And that was really fun. Um, they gave me a lot of responsibilities. So I got to go into meetings and I spoke Spanish. So I was able to utilize my Spanish and talk to people in the community. And I did a lot of work there. Everyone was super nice and it was a great experience. That's awesome. So going back to that why, the connection of the why, I think I feel like that's so important, especially when it comes to philanthropy and charitable giving. So specifically, why do you give back to your community? I think it's, I mean, first of all, it's really rewarding. I also grew up doing that. My mom and I, I knew about the nest because my mom and I would go there to drop off clothes all the time growing up. And I also went to Sayre and they had a huge, um, that was part of their culture. We would volunteer all the time. So that was just how I grew up. And that's what I just knew how to do. And i I work with a lot of nonprofits in college, as I said, and I just think it's so rewarding. Obviously, you were lucky or blessed, as they say, enough to grow up in a family right. that encouraged that, um, that spirit of giving. But what advice would you give to those who maybe didn't experience that or haven't experimented with giving locally or things like that? What advice would you give them to get started? I would say the first thing, any donation counts. So even if it's small, it's still important. So don't be discouraged. And I would say go online, go to Bluegrass website and Good Giving, and then you can find really good nonprofits to give to. Um, whatever cause you're interested in, you're able to find a nonprofit on there. And I would say even if you can't give financially, there's a lot of other opportunities. You can volunteer your time or you can donate food or clothing or anything to different nonprofits around Lexington. Yeah. So we're already running to the end of this. So thank you so much for deciding to talk with us today. But my last question for you, I kind of want to flip, flip the head on to you and say, what do you want to see out of the 2021 Good Giving Challenge this year? What would you like to see? as? Um, well, I'm really competitive. So I hope that you guys raise more money that, than you ever have before. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I would just like to see people come together and give to Lexington. It would be cool. Um, I mean, I haven't listened to your podcast yet. It would definitely be cool to hear the nonprofit stories and how the Good Giving Challenge has affected them. And I think that would leverage so much funds and, you know, get people really emotionally tied into giving even more. Yeah, exactly. So the 2020 Good Giving Challenge was super successful. We raised like a 
over $2 million. So we're really hoping that this year will be just yeah. as successful or even more so. So Logan, thank you for sharing with us about your involvement with the Good Giving Challenge. And thank you to the Marksbury Family Foundation once again for being a large part of why it is so very much fun and successful. So Logan, thank okay. you very much. All right, thanks, Kayton. All right, everyone, that is it. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you were encouraged by the stories of good happening right here in our community. I definitely know that I am. Make sure you tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. for more good stories and the next installment of the Do Good Radio Hour.